It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Carl Blaylock. Hi, hello, 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 and welcome into the WATH studios. Here at the end of Columbus Road, it is the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. We got a really big show today. We'll start out with Nelsonville York head football coach, Rusty Richards. He joins us in studio momentarily to talk about his team and their upcoming game, which is our game of the week over on WXTQ Power 105, Nelsonville York and Tremble. And then we'll talk Reds. The Reds, they won today, but they lost off the field as Joey Votto has an injury. We'll talk about how bad it is. And finally, LeBron has had a contract extension. He will stay with the Lakers if he keeps in the contract until, for the next three years. Speaking of LeBron, that is our trivia question of the day. What team beat LeBron and Akron St. Vincent St. Mary's in the 2002 state basketball title game? We'll ask everyone around later on in the show. But first, we'll welcome in... Nelsonville York head football coach Rusty Richards. Rusty, how you doing? I'm doing great. Now, how many years have you been at NY? I'm not obviously. I'm not a, quite from here yet. I'm acclimating pretty well. But how many years have you been at NY? This will be my uh, seventh uh, football season, and uh, 20 years as a teacher. That's uh, what. What subject do you teach actually? Uh, seventh grade history. Uh, that uh, those are always the best ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's a fun class to be in. Uh, with you now, the big the big question I think a few people are wondering is last year you lost last year you had a great quarterback in Drew Carter. Uh, this year you have Malachi Williams stepping in to try to fill those shoes. How, how well is Malachi filling in those shoes so far through these scrimmages? Malachi um, so far, you know, had a really good uh, Logan scrimmage, probably a little bit better than expected. Came back the last scrimmage. We struggled a little bit with a good new Lex team, uh, but you know he's getting better every day in practice. And I think a lot of it's just you know getting comfortable. Uh, you know, a lot like Drew Carter, he's always been an athlete in our program. Coming up, you know, from the third grade, we transitioned him to a quarterback as a seventh grader, um, knowing this day was coming. You know, we had to do it with uh, Drew when Drew was well last or junior year was his first year taking snaps. So you know what you see uh, week one with Makai. I'm sure come week 10, you're going to say, hey, that kid improved a ton. Um, he's the fastest kid probably in the county. He's been to the state in the 100 and 200. Uh, so if we do get him loose, not too many people's going to catch him. So got great legs. He's, he, but, again, learning the position. So, you know, we're going to have our ups and downs. But he, he's our guy. And uh, Coach Dean, uh, Nathan Dean's our quarterback coach, and he's doing a good job with him so far. So, again, we just look for improvement every week and get him ready for, you know, for the playoffs. How much? How much will it help Makai uh, with the some of the weapons around him? He's got uh, obviously Leighton Logie is a really big part, the tight end, but also uh, the fullbacks and the running backs with Hudson Stadler and Tommy Mitchell. How much does having as many offensive weapons around him really help develop a young quarterback like that? Yeah, you know, if you've got a new guy in there at quarterback, it starts with the offensive line. Um, you know, we got some big guys up front that's got some uh, experience. But, yeah, we, we started off, our offense is going to go through number eight, Hudson Stalter. You know, he kept us in games last year with his legs. You know, about 185 pounds. He's a track guy, too. And he's, he loves to go north and south, which is a coach. you got to love that. Uh, Tommy Mitchell, number six, he brings a little bit more wiggle to the table. Again, he's a track guy, too. He's got speed. And, hey, we will use uh, Gavin Richards. Uh, we got him listed as a fullback, but he'll play just as much tailback. And, uh you know, just like last year in the Trimble game, we, we used all three of them. You know, I think Hudson had 18 or 19, Tommy had 8 or 9, and Gavin had 7 or 8. So, and again, we also run our quarterback. So, we're going to start off running the football. I mean, it's no, I'm not, you know, not afraid to put that out there. And, you know, off of that, we can develop our play-action passing game. And then, like I said, you get Leighton Logie. We got James Koska. Landon Inman was, started as a freshman last year for us. I mean, he can light it up as a receiver. Bailey Phillips, Dakota Inman. We're a, a plethora of uh, receivers and running backs, so he don't have to, Mackay don't have to do it all, you know. So he's got a lot to lean uh, lean on other guys, and until we get him fully developed. 
Obviously, this is the first time in a while that this uh, Nelsonville York Tremble game will be played on a Friday instead of a Saturday. Uh, does that does that mean anything at all? Uh, you know, having it a day earlier than normal. Uh, it means we don't have to sit around and wait all day Saturday before we play. So, uh, <laughs> hey, let's get this thing. Let's get it going. Get a kick off and. Uh, get all those butterflies out and go play some football and, you know, smack some people around. So I'm sure Coach Ferris, I know myself, them some long Saturdays sometimes. And then, you know, you go watch that game Friday night. You know, I'm sure he scouts whoever they're playing week two. We usually do also, and it's just like you can't sleep. And you're like, just just get this thing started, you know, and let's play some football. So I guess it'll be over uh, Friday night instead of having to wait till Saturday night to figure out who wins the game. Uh, you've coached at both Tremble and Nelsonville, York being on both sides of this rivalry, what does it mean to you? You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, I went off to college, coached a couple years at Southern um, when I was a young guy, you know, right out of college as a head coach. That was a learning experience. Came back and actually coached uh, with Kevin Mead for a year as an assistant in Nelsonville, York. Uh, I think that was my first year teaching there. And then helped Coach Ferris for 11 years. And um, honestly, when we first got there, our goal was let's be like Nelsonville, York, you know. And somewhere, you know, had the Jacob Coonses, the Connor Stanleys, made those 2013 state championship uh, Final Four. You know, we sort of felt like, hey, that Nelsonville, New York used to go to the playoffs, and now we're there. And so then when I go to Nelsonville, York, they had missed the playoffs for a few years. And next thing you know, we're in the Final Four with uh, Ronnie Wynn, Garrett Maiden, and, and all those guys. So, you know, it's just sort of funny now you're flipping like, hey, we want to be them. And when I was in, you know, trouble, we want to be Nelsonville, York. And, uh, They've had a couple up years there, and they've got us, and now it's like we want to get back on top. So it's just, you know, I don't know, it's like the old game you played as a kid, like King of the Hill, and you got pushed the guys down. We want to get back on top, you know. So it's, it's just two great football programs in the area, and, um, you know, if you're at Trumbull, they think they're the best, and now I'm wearing orange and white and brown, and, hey, we got the best football program. So um, it's, it's good, and that's why both programs are good, because both programs push each other. Speaking of the tradition that you have, you've won the last few TBC Ohio crowns. Uh, how, how will the program continue its dominance in conference, and what is that expectation in conference? Is the expectation to always win the league, or uh, is it a little bit lower with how many, how many people you have lost with Drew Carter? Um, you know what? It's a, when you walk into our stadium, right there, we, you know, we call it the ticket booth. You know, It's right there on your left. Everybody comes in and pays, track meet football, you know, whatever, you see all the TBC titles. So, you know, Coach Boston Sr., he, he just did a heck of a job. His uh, son-in-law, Kevin Mead, continued that, winning league championships. Then his son, Dave Boston Jr., I think he won like six or seven straight. So the bar set, no, we, we expect to win TBC championships. And at the end of the year, if we don't, we're not happy about it. I mean, is it a failure if we don't? I mean, we're, we're not happy, you know, so... We'll go try to win playoff games if we don't. But uh, the goal is, number one, win the TBC. And, uh, you know, the saying over there, we, we put more paint on the wall. So we did, we did that last year, and we expect to do that for years to come. This is way down the road. Obviously, you don't play them until week nine. But what do you think of Vinton County this year since it looks like they're going to be their, your biggest rival in conference this year? You know, the, the leg outlook this year, um, a lot of people have a lot of players returning. Coach uh, Carper down there. Hey, good guy. You know, we've seen him in seven-on-sevens this summer. He's uh, brought in some energy. And, you know, they got a couple transfers uh, that come in from Wellston. And uh, he's doing a good job. And I think right now his selling point is we want to be Nelson, New York. We want to be at the top. I, I get it, you know, as a coach. And, you know, we want, but unfortunately, we want to stay at the top. So we're not just going to give that up so easy. And um, But, you know, hey, look out for Megs. They'll, they'll have a good team. Um, Athens, watched them on film a lot last year. They got better every week. So, uh, you know, Alexander's got a young coach. They got a young quarterback down there, can sling it around. And um, River Valley's got a new coach. So it'd be interesting to see uh, what offense they're running. Uh, they always did the double tights. I, they got a um, Coach Penrod at Gaia, one of his guys that came with him. So I look for a spread. And again, uh, Wilson's got a new coach. So who knows? Um, but again, I, you'd probably say Vinton County would be, they're the ones wanting to knock us off. But, you know, Athens is right down the road. Uh, which is awesome with our schedule. Start off with Tremble, big game, and we end, end with humongous games. So, uh, and a lot most years, it's us, us in Athens. So, um, it's always exciting. You, know, you just got to stay healthy. I mean, that's the biggest thing for anybody. Be healthy week nine or ten whenever that championship game comes. 
Uh, finally, obviously, you lost uh, Drew Carter last year with your quarterback, and he's kind of your leader. Uh, who do you think will step up this year in the leadership roles? Do you think it'll be somebody like Logie or uh, perhaps somebody like Malik Williams as well? Who, who do you really see stepping up? You know, I'd say right now our vocal leader, I mean, which we got a lot of seniors, Dakota Edmond, he's a three-year starter, more, uh, more leads by example. Malik, again, quiet, quiet guy, uh, hard worker, though. But probably Lake Logie's our, our vocal guy. Um, he's a gym rat. He's there all the time. I drive by. He's out there pushing the sled, and practice has been over an hour ago. Um, great football mind. So I'd say we'll probably lean on him, you know, re a returning defensive player of the year. And you know, he's sort of our uh, hip-hip-hurrah hip uh, hip guy. And, uh, and Dalton Emmon, he's uh, been great with the young guys. Uh, he's only about 5'7", about 180, but uh, he gets after it, you know. And you see that Inman name, you just usually think tough. I mean, that's Nelson, New York, and tough football. All righty, Coach, thanks for your time. And before you leave, uh, one last question. Obviously, you heard our trivia question at the top of the show. What team beat, what basketball team beat LeBron in Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary's? in the 2002 state basketball title game. Uh, you you want to take a stab at that? I remember who beat him, and it's, it's somebody over in the southwest, I feel like. I just... Jonathan Alder? No. no. Named after food. Does that get it? <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. But I know somebody like that, you know, one of them traditional, just hard, hardcore farming communities, I feel like. Um, but, yeah, it's been too long ago. But, yeah, I remember when it happened. It shocked everybody and, you know... Because here's the guy that's on ESPN covers and, you know, everything. Oh, yeah. he, could, he could win the state title. <laughs> but th thanks for your time, Coach. Uh, yeah, thanks for having us in. Excited to see your team play on Friday night for sure. When we come back, we'll talk Reds here on the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 10 o'clock p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse over on West Union Street in Athens. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. They came from every corner of the country, from small towns and big cities. But they all shared one thing in common. They belonged to a family called... Marines, a tough and determined few dedicated to protecting everything we hold sacred. And still, they come. Celebrate the history of those proud few who have earned the title Marine. Tune in Friday night for the Athens County Game of the Week on Power 105. This week, two area teams will look to begin their roads back to the playoffs as a youthful Tremble squad will travel to Boston Field to take on the Nelsonville York Buckeyes. Join Carl Blaylock and Cade Williamson for the coverage with pregame starting at 6.30 and kickoff at 7. It's the Athens County Game of the Week, Friday night on Power 105. Live and local, the sports fan. On 970 WATH. Panama. We're not quite there. It might be muggy enough to be Panama, honestly. I don't I have I uh, I haven't been outside too much today, but what well, it it's it's pretty warm out there, isn't it? Yeah, Carl, I'll give you one guess where I was today. The pool. That's right. <laughs> that is right. Uh, we were at the pool this afternoon, enjoying the sun, just relaxing on a nice, a nice Sunday afternoon here in Athens County. Sun was out. Good day to maybe go to Stroud's, do something fun outdoorsy. Not too hot either. You know, it was sunny, but it was like a comfortable sunny. It was like 80 degrees. Really nice day here in Athens as uh, students are getting ready to move in. Uh, tomorrow into dorms for the first time. A lot of, I think a lot of them already are moved in. There's quite a few. I know off campus there's a lot of people moved in. Well, obviously me, but I've been moved in since May. But <laughs> uh, there's there's a ton of people everywhere for it. Uh, looking ahead to looking at the uh, Reds tonight, they played a day game today, and they won it. A little bit of a pitcher's duel. Only one run scored, and it was the last pitch 
of the game. It was a Jose Barreo RBI single that got the walk-off win for the Reds. Right up the middle, Alexis Diaz got the win in two innings of work. The loss went to, and this is a fun name, Sir Anthony Dominguez. Imagine being named Sir Anthony. Like that, that's, just, that's just a cool name. That's a baseball name right there. Yes, sir. Uh, but anyways, yeah, Barreo got the win for the Reds. Al Mor- Albert Almora Jr. was the winning run. The Reds avoid the sweep. They, uh, they struggled against the Phillies, but... Uh, tell you what, it was not, you know who was nice to see in Great American Ballpark again? Who? Nick Castellanos. Uh, one, of the, one of my favorite Reds players to ever play the game, if I'm being honest. Uh, they, they, he's just, he was just a fan favorite. They should, they should have kept him around. They did not, but they should have. Uh, you know, it, it wouldn't take, I mean, I think he would have taken any offer. He hung out pretty much all offseason with uh, Jonathan India, one of the Reds' young stars. And I think it was either, I remember seeing something on Twitter that uh, on one of the games during this series, he left with India. Uh, and, I mean, why not? I mean, they're best pals, and I, I'm never going to forgive. I'm never going to forgive. Bob Castellini and Phil Castellini for letting him walk without even offering a contract. They didn't even offer him a contract. They let him walk, and I'm not going to forgive them for that. Uh, But the storyline is not what happened on the field. It's not the Reds avoiding the sweep. It's what's happened off the field, as Joey Votto will be having season-ending shoulder surgery on Friday. Uh, it's going to be to repair a torn left rotator cuff. Originally, uh, he wasn't in the lineup today, and originally it was told that uh, it's just a normal rest day, and uh, uh, it was not. Uh, apparently, the injury has been lingering for a while. He's had a difficult time this season. He first suffered the injury in 2015, but last three or four months it's really bothered him uh so the 38 year old is out for the rest of the season which is a little bit rough and it's it's hard i mean he's still he's got one more season uh on his big 10-year 225 million dollar contract and uh then he's got the reds have a club option for 2024 so We'll see. We'll see if he recovers from it ne- uh, next year. I mean, six-time All-Star, won the N- the uh, MVP in 2010. So it'd be it'd be great to see Joey Votto. It's 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 going to be hard to not see Joey Votto in a Reds uniform in a few years. I mean, you know the retirement is coming, but that's that's going to be hard to see. It's hard to see. You know, the, he since I've been able old enough to pay attention to the Reds baseball, he's been on that team. So that'll be interesting. And do you have anybody with the Guardians, Roth, that was like that to where you remember them being on the team since you were, like, born? Or I guess they'd mostly trade away their players. but Yeah, they do. You know, every, pretty much every notable guy. I'm trying to think who, who was maybe even on the team for a long time. That maybe I like Kipnis? Yeah, Kipnis. Like, he was there for, he was there for a decent like amount of time Carlos Santana was there for a long time um but yeah just nobody who nobody who stayed for at least a decade I don't think I, I'm I'm actually maybe this break look up longest tenured uh Indians players this century try and find that out because yeah I just don't nobody comes to the top of my head like yeah that guy that guy was wearing an Indians uniform for a decade as uh as I was growing up but um yeah, I mean, it's uh, just another blow for the Reds, another opportunity for them to play some younger guys, uh, give guys opportunities. You know, not uh, not every team is giving their young guys the opportunities, and the Reds have no excuse not to play their young guys. Um, so at least with these rebuilding teams, you're getting a chance to see what you got on the roster. So we'll see we'll see who, the, who their replacement is. We'll see how he does the rest of the season. And, um, yeah, see if the Reds can build a little momentum after 
getting a walk-off win today. Yeah, ho hopefully, hopefully they'll be able to. I mean, obviously, a little rough with the news, obviously, that Votto's done for the year. But nonetheless, I mean, it, it, is, it is what it is. You can't really help too much with, you know, what happens with injuries. And, I mean, Votto's 38, and he hasn't had that many injuries the last... I'd say seven, eight years. I mean, he had he had one season where he was like gone. I think it was like 2015. But aside from that, he's been mostly healthy. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll see it. But it's it's definitely a long. I mean, the Reds in general. It's a long stretch away from what they were around this time last year. Remember, I mean, last July, I remember sitting there. They were in the middle of a playoff race. You had Joey Votto. He had that stretch of like five straight games with a home run. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that was that was an incredible stretch, especially for a 37 year old. So, I mean, it, it's hard to see. It's hard to see it to where it's crumbled that quickly. But hopefully and I've said on this show, I think hopefully by 2025, they're built back up and they'll be there yet again. But we'll see. We'll see what's happening. Looking at the uh, let's look at the wild card race is a little bit right now it, the al is a cluster to say the least you got the mariners in front they have the top wild card they're up a game the rays are a half game the rays are a half game uh behind the mariners the blue jays are even they're the last wild card spot but they've been tumbling they're three and seven in their last 10 games and then the twins are one games back the Orioles are a game and a half back. The White Sox are a game and a half back. And Boston is still just sticking around there. They're four and a half games back. They really should not be anywhere near this, but they still are. So that that's really interesting to me that Boston is still stuck around, despite, really, I have no clue what they're doing. Their trade deadline was a mix of trading away some of their best players and then buying at the same time. Uh, I mean, they sold... They sold uh, Christian Vasquez, their catcher, but then you picked up Tommy Pham and Eric Hosmer. So to me, I, I I don't understand what the Red Sox are doing, and I'm really surprised that they're still even in the playoff hunt. Well, I mean, when uh, I, I think the Red Sox were like 15 games above 500 in June, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to fall off from that. And then also, I mean, when you look at that, the Red Sox are gonna have to leap. What was it? Four or five teams just to make it? Like I know, like you are four and a half games back, but the only way you ever gain ground is if like every one of those teams lose. So it's just tough when you need to leapfrog more than two teams, and they have four teams that they're going to need to pass. It's uh, it's still highly unlikely that the Red Sox make the playoffs. I I would put it at like ten to fifteen percent. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. Flipping over to the National League, it looks like one's pretty well locked up as the Atlanta Braves are going to be the team that nobody wants to face in the divisional round of the playoffs. They're seven and a half games uh, ahead of the wild card cutoff line, and they're, I believe, three and a half games back in the NL East of the Mets. So I don't think, I don't think they're going to catch them. But even then, you got the Phillies then, plus one. And then the Padres are the cutoff line at the moment, despite losing their last two. They are the cutoff line. Then the Brewers one game back, and the Giants lagging off at four and a half games back. Although they're eight and two in their last last ten games, they've won five straight. So maybe maybe they can find themselves back kind of in the wild card race. But it, it's kind of you know it used to be that you could really tell who and who would not be in the wild card race at this point. But at this point, like with the Red Sox and with the Giants, you just, you can't quite tell with that extra wild card, you know, if they put together a run enough, can they still jump up and get there? Maybe. I, I, I that, that's something that you can't, you don't really, you didn't really see before this year. And maybe that's something we'll see with the extra wild card, where you see more teams hop in. I, I think this extra wild card for the MLB is going to be like the NFL seventh seed though, where, yeah, you get into the playoffs, but it might have been better if you don't make it into the playoffs because otherwise, 
You would have cleaned house, but instead you're going to stick with the course because you made the playoffs. And, I mean, you've already seen that with the Chicago Bears in the 2020 playoffs. Uh, I mean, they had, there was no way they should have been in the playoffs. Uh, they made the playoffs nonetheless then, and they kept Nagy around for an extra year, and it, it just ended badly for them. So I think that's going to be what this extra wild card is going to be as well for the baseball. Would you agree? No, I think the baseball playoffs are a lot more random. You're also playing best of three series in the first round. Like, if I'm a team, I'm trying to make the playoffs, like, however way possible your best ultimate goal is to win the world series and just give me as many chances to win the world series as possible like i don't care if it's a small chance as long as you as long as you get to the playoffs and like if you've got like a pitcher you can rely on some way to like get up one nothing early in a bunch of series like you you always got puncher's chance like think about this you got to win five games to make it to the ALCS. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, I'm going for that seventh wild card spot or sixth, uh, third wild card spot, sixth playoff team within the league whenever I get the opportunity. It's just, it, it's too random of a sport. You play 162 games and then you're going to play best of three and best of five. So, like, you, you could play 162, then play well for five games and bam, you've eliminated two teams that finish better than you. I, I, yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised if you see um, at least one of the third wild card teams winning in the first round. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. So the last time we had a sports fan, we got really unlucky because major, major news broke literally a minute before we went off air with the uh, Fernando Tatis PED suspension. Uh We've had a few days to think about it. Where do you think the Padres are at, uh, A, with Tatis in that mega deal, and B, with their playoff chances this year, Rob? Uh, you know, it shouldn't really change anything that they're doing this year. Like, um, it's a team that has a lot of big names. They have definitely enough talent to make the playoffs, you know, between Soto, Machado, and then some of their pitching talent that they got. Um, they're a game up right now. Um, they have the third wild card. They're also a game back of Philadelphia for the second wild card spot. Um, this is a this is a team that should think once they get into the playoffs, they can really kind of play with anybody. You know, their run differential plus forty six. It's not the best, um, but it still shows that they're definitely an above average MLB team. So, uh, I mean, if you're a Padres fan, it's obviously disappointing. Um, and I think some of the comments that came out afterwards don't make Tatis look the best, uh, whether it's coming from himself or his dad. But or I, even I was surprised at how many how many of the people in the clubhouse, whether it be whether it be his fellow players, his manager, even some of the higher ups, they were really ashamed of him. And normally. Normally you see that, but I mean you see, you see so many, so many players going like you need to grow up, you really need to grow up, out of, out of you know, and these are people like like Mike Clevenger said that of all people, if you have Mike Clevenger telling you to grow up, you might have a little bit of a problem on your hands, and that that's the thing that's really surprised me about this entire situation, is. Everyone in that clubhouse seems to be fed up with Tatis. I don't think there's anyone in that clubhouse who really, they've, they've all had enough. And, you know, what, what do you do? How do you come back in that clubhouse next May? Uh, you probably lead the NL in home runs like he did last year, and I think all's going to be forgiven. Say he, he kind of does have a little bit of a decline in production. Though I mean, he, what's he's a little decline? Is a little decline average, or is a little decline like thirty home runs and eighty RBIs instead of forty-two and ninety-seven like he had last year? Average, I would say, like a little down, at, get more average. I'm thinking of like not quite like a Cody Bellinger drop off, but 
down to about a drop-off of like what Nick Castellanos is hitting this year, where he's hitting like 265, the power numbers are down. Yeah, well, what you got to realize is you're a lot more annoying when you're annoying and you're not playing. It, you can deal with Fernando Tatis being annoying when he's hitting 42 home runs. So since he's been out all year, people are kind of fed up with his stuff. If he comes back and he starts hitting home runs again, like it, everybody in the clubhouse is going to start to forgive the guy. Like, I, I don't care how annoying my coworker is. And my coworker is like the hardest working dude in the place. And he's helping us like hit objectives and stuff like that. I, you know, maybe if he annoys me in the lunch room or like by the water cooler, it, it's not going to be as annoying if he's doing his job. Now, if he's, Working off vacation time, and he's still emailing me. I'm gonna be a lot more annoyed, and that's what Tatis is doing. Like, he's injured right now. He's not producing, and he's suspended. Like, I think Tatis is gonna be fine once once he get back out there on the the diamond and start producing. Like, production will heal all wounds within the clubhouse. I I, I do have to ask one more question. Have you ever been worried about failing a drug test because of some like the the whole story? The whole story that Tatis is given for this whole situation is hilarious. And the fact that he keeps doubling and tripling down on it is just, what are you doing, man? Because he, he does not have good people in his corner, like giving him good advice. No, let's, let's no. Be, be clear about that. His, uh, his media play since the suspension has been subpar, to well, say the least. They Googled, they Googled, they Googled the substance he tested positive for it auto-corrected and they went all right yes we'll go with this it auto-corrected and he said he took something for ringworm then you literally had every single doctor on twitter go no you would not take that for ringworm it would make it worse he yeah, it, like because it was between colapstall and colabal or something like that i there's like one has an S, one does not. But nonetheless, they're different substances than what he thought it was. And the fact that he keeps doubling and tripling down on it, uh, it's just not good. And a whole nother question, and this is not a question we'll have to ask for years and years and years and years and years, although it is a question that we might have to ask for a few players, well, we've already had to ask it for Alex Rodriguez, and, you know, we've, we're starting to see it maybe being asked for a few different players as well who got suspended in the, uh, oh, what, uh, what was the one in Florida? The Florida Lab in 2012 uh, with steroids. I can't help you on that one. I don't remember what it was either. Uh, but... Those, like Ryan Braun, for example, you know, wh is Tatis going to be able to get into the Hall of Fame out of this? I mean, if he still had, continues his career direct to tra trajectory after this, will he be able to get in? You know, he's lucky. He's lucky he, well, you know, he actually should play football because, you know, Peyton Manning had no issues with this. I don't think Peyton, did Peyton was it ever confirmed that he did that? I mean, I don't that's like... That's like asking if OJ did it. Like I don't think he did it. We all know. I don't. We think all agree. We all agree no, that he did he it. Did but we all just no, move on from it. the point. Uh, uh la 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 la. <laughs> don't talk about my goat that way. <laughs> but and like it's fine. Like for yeah. Peyton to do that, it's fine. Like he had a neck injury. Like I understand it. But like, let's just be real here, Carl. Like Peyton did it. It's okay though. There's nothing wrong with with admitting it. I, I refuse to admit it, just like I refuse to admit that he is not the goat and Tom Brady is. That's just something you're never gonna talk. You're never gonna tell me out of it. I knew I could get you with that, with the with the oh, yeah. PED thing. I was oh, like, yeah. if I bring up Peyton Manning, it's uh, <laughs> his yeah. his head's gonna be in a twist. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do you think do you think he's still? I mean, I guess the one benefit is by that point, all the people, people are gonna forget. Hundred percent. People, people yes. didn't forget for A Rod. Mm, I think A Rod was a lot more notable. Like, that's fair at the time. And like, well, if what about Ryan Braun as well, though? Like, I mean, I don't think he was good reason. enough. I'm, like, he's not good enough to make the Hall of Fame, even if he didn't have the PED stuff. 
But Braun is an example of a guy who went downhill after the PED stuff happened. So maybe, maybe that happens to Tatis, but um, Braun was still, like, a good player after he came back. He just wasn't, like, silver slugger, like, kind of an MVP race type stuff. Yeah. Well, we'll see. And as I say, Peyton Manning is still my goat. He will always be my goat since we got on that topic. Speaking of goats, we'll talk about one of the possibly basketball ones and how he'll be sticking around with the Lakers for a few more years. We'll talk the LeBron James extension when we come back. You're listening to the Sports Fan on WATH. It's presented by JNK Contracting. We are racing at the Meigs County Fair. Nothing beats the sound of thundering hooves as they head to the finish line. Catch the excitement of hardest racing Wednesday and Thursday at the Meigs County Fair in Rock Springs. Post time is 4 p.m. on Wednesday and 1 p.m. on Thursday. Horses, racing, and winners at the Meigs County Fair, Wednesday and Thursday. Your sports leaders in Athens County, 970 WATH and WXTQ Power 105, the flagship station of your Ohio Bobcats and the home of the Athens County Game of the Week. And on 970 WATH, tune in for the Ohio State Buckeyes, Cincinnati Reds, Columbus Blue Jackets, Cincinnati Bengals, and all season long, Athens Bulldog football, basketball, and baseball. Monday through Friday, tune in to the sports fans starting at 6.06 and stay up to date with local sports. Follow us on Twitter at WATHWXTQ Sports. Every day, people drive across bad railroad crossings without ever knowing the dangers that lurk down the track. Side obstructions, overgrown vegetation, natural terrain that blocks the view of impending doom. It's not a matter of if, but when a train will strike another victim. You can help. Report bad railroad crossings at angelsontrack.org. That's angelsontrack.org. Because bad crossings kill good drivers. Sponsored by Angels on Track, aired by OAB in this station. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Carl Blaylock, Michael Roth with you here in the WATH studios. Our uh, trivia question of the day, if you want to call in and uh, answer it, our number is 740-592-6646. If you know the answer to this question, what team beat LeBron and Akron St. Vincent St. Mary's in the 2002 basketball state title game? Roth, I know you know the answer to it. You know everything basketball, so I'm not even going to go to you to ask. I gave a little bit of a hint to Coach Richards before he left. Yes, yes, it is a food item, if that helps at all. You, you know you know who uh, called that game, actually, on ONN? Was it Marty Bannister? Yes, it was. Marty Bannister. Now, that was a complete guess. I did not know yes. that. Yes, it, it was Marty Bannister, uh, a good, good friend, uh, Kind of a mentor to a lot of the people uh, working on sports broadcasting at the uh, college here in Athens. But speaking about LeBron, though, let's talk about his contract. It's a two-year, $97.1 million contract extension, which includes a player option for the 2024-2025 season, according to Clutch Sports CEO Rich Paul. Now... That player option is very important because you know what, uh, you know who might end up grad or uh, you know coming into the NBA in that 2024-2025 season. Who, Carl? Bronny, LeBron James Jr. So it still gives him the option to leave and go wherever Bronny is to play with his son his last year or two. But is it going to be his last year or two? I think he's starting to fall off, I feel like. He's like the 10th best player in the league. He was the he was by far the best player in the league just two or three years ago. Okay, so if you go from like first to 10th, and then maybe next year he's 15th, year after that he's like 25th. I mean, you're looking year after that, he's probably still going to be, like, a top 50 player. Like, I don't, I don't think guys retire, like, when they're still that good. Like, besides Magic Johnson and, like, I'm sure I'm missing a couple others, like, 
People don't retire when they're that good. Like, Tom Brady's still out there kicking it. He, he was about to retire. I think he would have retired if it wasn't for Adam Schefter uh, spoiling it. I, you know, I think that Brady kind of realized that he loves his wife and, like, wants to do more family stuff. But I think deep down he knows that he could play for another, like, three years and do it pretty well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying... Uh, my... Now, here's the difference. Hmm. LeBron's going to be with his family if he keeps going to work. Tom can't bring his wife and kids to NFL training camp. LeBron's going to be able to do that. Yeah. I, I'm not saying he's going to... Like, Udonis Haslam doesn't really count because he's played, like three games a year for the past four years. But I could very easily see LeBron playing into, like, 2026. It's, it's a possibility. Uh, now, one thing that has been wondered really since, really, really forever since Bronny started travel balling is, you know, are we going to see it to where you're going to see well, first of all, in your basketball scout opinion, you, you've got to see Bronny on the court before, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you think he is number one pick material? Do you think he has the potential for to be that? Oh, definitely not. Definitely not? No. Number one overall pick? Yeah. No. Definitely not. Now, here's the question, though, and this is something I've been wondering. It's something that I think a lot of people are sitting there kind of thinking about this. Are you going to see teams where they're going to pick Bronny number one overall, knowing that more than likely LeBron wants to play his last few years with his son? Do you think they're going to be a package deal and you're going to see Bronny jump up the draft boards because, because of that? Not really, because like, like the Kings aren't just going to draft Bronny and be like, oh, now we're going to get LeBron. Like, LeBron would, like, show the Kings the middle finger if they did that. And, um, like, that's just not going to happen. Like, I could see Bronny going higher than he should, but I, I don't see, like, I don't see, like, a random team just being like, oh, this will be great, let's draft Bronny, and, like, we're going to get LeBron. Like, that's just not going to happen. It's going to be... Similar how, like, Bronny's recruitment is being handled. Mm -hmm. LeBron's probably going to have a list of, like, five teams. And he's going to be like, well, you know, if, if one of these five teams draft my son, I'll probably go there. But it's not going to be a list of 30 teams. I can promise you that. Yeah. Do you think it'd be a list maybe of seven or eight teams, maybe? I mean, how big do you think the list is going to be? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be more than five because... You know, personally, I don't see the Lakers competing for championships either the next two years. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming LeBron's going to want to win after three years of not winning because under contract with the Lakers for two more years. Let's say he goes two more years. Maybe he wins one series this year, knocked out of the first round or misses the playoff next year. That'll be four years with only one playoff series win for LeBron. I don't think he's going to like that too much. No. So I think I, once his contract opens up, he's going to want to go to a team where he can actually compete. And you could also see him take a discount at this stage in his career because, like, the money doesn't really matter at this point for LeBron what he's making on the NBA court. Like, he makes a lot more off the court. He makes money doing a ton of stuff. He also gives back a ton of money. Um, like, obviously, money always matters, but, like, if money has ever mattered to an athlete less, it's LeBron, because he's already a billionaire. Now, and this is something I wondered all the way back when he signed for uh, the Lakers is, and especially now, I mean, how, how much is his head into playing basketball on the court, and how much is his head into all his other ventures he's doing? I mean... He's got what? He's 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 executive producer for like two or three TV shows now, isn't he? Uh, he he's got tons of other things going on off the court. How much of him is kind of involved in show business at now? How much of it is 
him playing on the court and how much of this move just staying near where he has these connections so he can still play basketball but also run all these side ventures he has um yeah it's it's going to take away a little bit but um with how smart lebron is like iq wise i i really don't see it being a huge problem like like maybe lebron isn't working at his 100th percentile outcome because he's doing other things but like lebron still at his 80th percentile outcome is going to be a lot smarter than the average player he's still going to be more prepared than the average player because LeBron not only is one of the most gifted physical players in NBA history, he is also one of the smartest players in NBA history. So him maybe lacking on a little bit of film study, maybe missing an uh, a extra practice session because he's worrying about some other stuff, it's going to matter, but it's, it's not going to be like a huge decline in my opinion. He, he still takes basketball very seriously. Well, we'll see how it all works out in a few years. But now we know for certain, though, LeBron James will be a Laker through at least the 2023-2024 season. When we come back, we'll talk with our surefire hot picks. What are our picks? Roth is no longer undefeated. We'll talk about that as well when we come back. This is the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting. We need Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 10 o'clock p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse over on West Union Street in Athens. If you love them enough to listen to them practice the same song on tuba. Please be done. Over and over and over and over and over. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sounds good, honey. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Athens County cares about you. I'm Micah. Join me Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 on Classic Hits 970 AM and 971 FM WATH for discussions about essential information for seniors, such as nutrition, caregiving, mental health, Medicare, and all other relevant topics for seniors in Athens County and the surrounding areas. Athens County Cares, a project of United Seniors of Athens County, Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 a.m. on WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Local teams, local opinions, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Some food? No, that's not Food Fighters. What is that? That's not Food Fighters. Oh my gosh, I don't even know who that music is. Well... Anyways, it's time for the Surefire Hot Picks of the night. We'll start over with Roth. What, Roth, what is your pick? You lost last week. It was 3-0. He lost 3-1. He chose the Tigers. He lost. How are you going to rebound, Roth? Yeah, you know, the Tigers, they gave me a good pitching outing, only giving up two runs. Um, but they, they couldn't score a run themselves. And I've heard in baseball it's hard to win when you don't score. Uh, so tonight I'm going to pick a team that hopefully scores. And it's going to be the New York Mets. The Mets are 0-2 in this series against the Braves. This is a really big series because if they lose, Braves are going to get within two and a half games of the division lead. And the Mets have been cruising all season. They got their ace. Max Scherzer on the mound. The Mets are favorites. They're minus 160, so you're laying a little bit of juice. But I really think that the Mets bounce back tonight. This is really, for, for a game... In August 17th, this is as much of a must-win as it can be for a team in first place in their division. Give me the Mets. They're going to bounce back, snap the two-game losing streak on them. Carl, who's your pick? 
I am going to go with the team that beat the Tigers last time we had the show, last Friday. They played the Chicago White Sox, and the White Sox, actually, take that back. I'm taking the White Sox losing to the Astros. I think the Astros win money line, and here's my reasoning behind this, and we'll expand upon this a little bit. Um, Tony La Russa is a bad manager, and Tony La Russa literally, literally, he had a fan yell into the dugout, hey, pinch run this guy. And he went, oh, pinch run the guy. They're calling the shots from the behind. They're calling the shots from the box seats. You want to know what the only thing better than that was? Hmm. There was a White Sox fan who, after uh, after the half inning was over, I think it was like the top or bottom of the eighth, right? Because they had one more inning. Mm-hmm. A White Sox fan tweeted out, somebody had to tell Tony to put that guy in because there's no way he would have known on his own that this guy was a better runner and fielder for the end-of-the-game situation. Mm-hmm. And then the video came out that somebody actually did tell Tony to do that. Like, he yes. was like, there's no way Tony would be smart enough to put in this guy who's a better runner and better fielder for the last inning of the game. There's no way Tony would do that. And like, yeah, this yeah. fan saw that and was like, no way my manager is that smart. And it turned out <laughs> he was right. <laughs> he was right. I mean, to- let, let's, not, let's not get it wrong. Tony La Russa is a great manager. Was. Who should have stayed retired after he retired in 2011. He should have stayed retired. He should not have came back. I mean, it was a head-scratching move when, he, when the White Sox picked him up again. And it's just been more and more head-scratching. I mean, the fact that he's literally sleeping during the games, literally had to get told to do what to do by baseball minds in the stands. There's not, I mean, there's a lot of armchair manager. Not very many armchair managers actually would have the right answer to do. Unlike, you know, Monday night. Uh, but the whole, the whole thing with your main Mercedes, where he basically ruined that man's career because all oh, the unwritten rules of baseball? Nah. I mean, that, that, that is the problem with it, in my opinion. That that's that's the thing that's rough with it, and I, I think Tony Larusa should, yeah, no, uh, he's not going to be fired because he's Jerry Ryandorf's drinking buddy. But still, no, no, he should he should be gone. Well, that'll wrap up today's show for well today, oh Wednesday, August seventeenth. Hope you join us tomorrow. Me and Roth will be back. I got a list of. Uh, High school football games we'll be looking at uh, on Friday. We'll go through that list, see what we think of some of the more big games out of that list. That'll be tomorrow on the Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. Talk to you tomorrow.